Hey everybody, it's Katie. Thank you so much for being here. This is an impromptu bonus episode for the Katie Wyrick podcast, and I think you're going to find it super insightful and entertaining, especially at the end. Um, At the very end, uh, right after the credits and the closing little song, there's going to be a six-minute voice memo of a it actually was an accident. My husband and I were songwriting together. He's actually a co-writer on most all of my songs. And we forgot that after I had demoed the song that we were working on, it was still recording and it picked up a lot of the back and forth between us. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to ask him, see if he'd be okay with us sharing this. And I did. And he said, wow, you know, that actually would make really good content for your podcast. So by all means, go ahead. However, I personally, Katie, that's me talking. Um, I want to make a disclaimer that if you do choose to listen to this at the very end, just keep in mind, it's going to maybe feel a little tense here and there at times, but that's just because it's me and my husband. He's very analytical and I'm very touchy feely. And so you're going to maybe feel some of that pull, some of that give and take, but I think that's what makes a great songwriting team to have the those two polar kind of opposites um, coming together and bringing the best out in each other. So I'm actually super grateful for his input. His input's always been super helpful for kind of making sure that things actually are making like logical sense. Not to say that songwriting has to always be logical, but for this specific song and the imagery that we were going for, it was actually super impactful. And I think that that's a really good way of just showcasing exactly what it might even be like to be in a room, to be in a curate. Um, it's going to give you the opportunity to kind of be a fly on the wall. And I know for me, whew, I would have loved to have that opportunity before ever going into a co-writing situation. So hopefully this is going to be really beneficial, really helpful. And just so you know, if you have any ideas for upcoming podcast episodes, just please reach out. You can email Katie's podcast, that's K-A-T-Y-S, podcast at gmail.com. You can also um, visit the website, katiewyrick.com, and fill out the contact info. There's so many ways to reach out, but please do, because this episode actually has come about because so many of you have reached out and asked about how I write my songs, and I'd like to get a special shout out to the person um, that actually reached out via email. But before I actually get to that, I wanted to let you know there's also another really neat way that you can um, send me your questions. If you go to my website, katiewyrick.com in the left hand upper right hand corner I'm sorry upper left hand corner you click on podcast it's going to take you to the main uh, homepage for the podcast you scroll down and there is a way for you to click send a voice recorded message to me with your question those can actually end up being featured in the podcast so that's another really great way of um, reaching out and letting me know your questions um, anyways, I wanted to, uh, let you know about the young man that reached out to me via email. His name is Gary Namakula and he is from Uganda and he, um, please tell me how you write these songs as the worship leader. I'm a musician too, but I find it hard to write songs. Could you please give me some advice? Kind regards, Gary Namakula. 
So Gary and everyone else who's been asking, especially, actually, my husband actually said that this would be a great idea too for a podcast. You're about to find out. So buckle up. It's going to be a pretty neat ride, I think, and make sure to stick around at the very end if you want to hear some shenanigans songwriting in the Wyrick household. Are you ready? Okay. Welcome to the podcast. This is a safe place for discussing all things faith, family, music, worship, the Bible, and the nitty-gritty parts of life, too. The messy and the beautiful. You're listening to the Katie Wyrick Podcast. All right. Well, this is a first. I'm actually doing my first ever podcast via audio and video. So thanks so much for watching if you're watching. This episode is a bonus episode and I do have my little two-year-old. No, not two. She's one and a half-ish. So that's why I went automatically up to two. She's my third. So third child problems, right? (laughs) But um, anyways, this episode is a bonus episode and um, I'm just going to dive right in. So basically somebody asked me, how do you write your songs? How do you write for worship music? And I guess I would just start by saying, what is your why? What is my why? What was my why looking back when I first started writing worship songs, which really wasn't too terribly long ago. I guess maybe it was. I would say 2012 is when I started to really get serious about writing. Um, and my style may be completely different from anything you ever heard. This is certainly not like the one way be all kind of thing to do. For me though, um, when I hit around 24 ish, Um, I was pregnant with my first child. I realized I've never read the Bible the whole way through, and it was super embarrassing. And so (laughs) I committed to slowly just reading a little bit of the Bible every day. Okay, so fast forward, um, pregnant again, second child, and same thing. And after having her, I was reading through again my second time around. And the cool thing about the Bible is you're reading and, you know, you're reading the same things you've read before, but it comes to life because it's living. The Word is living and active. And it... um, I don't know. I just, I, I started to just read things and they would just jump off the page. Like, this is a really, really great lyric idea. Like, holy cow. And so many times like that would happen day after day after day. I was like, I need to start documenting these ideas. Cause I may not have, you know, a lot of time right now with a little kid, but you know, eventually I want to start writing these songs from these, from these Bible verses that I'm reading through. And so what I would do is just in my Bible, I would just take, you know, uh, a pen and my Bible's really annotated. It's, it's, has tons of writing in it, but what you'll find in my Bible are little eighth note, like little marks. And that signifies to me, this is a good lyric idea to revisit the next time I have time to songwrite. So, um, fear not. That's one of the songs that's been released so far that, you know, that came about just from reading in Isaiah and reading, you know, in, in the Psalms and, and, and all these other places that, um, points to specific lyrics in that song. Um, from a musical side, 
of things when you're writing. Um, for, at least for me, I, I get asked a lot, you know, which do you write first, melody or chords or lyrics? And for me, wow, it, it can go a bunch of different ways. For me, it's typically melody is my jam. I love melody. I struggle more with the words part of things. I, I'll i hear a melody before I'll ever really hear like a, a line of lyric. Um, so for me, what it, what it entails is I usually have my phone and I have that wonderful app called Voice Memo app. And I'll just take it out. And if I have just even like an eight bar phrase of melody that I like, typically I, I write the choruses first. That is definitely something that is that I could say is kind of like my thing. I like to start with the chorus because I feel like if you've got a really good chorus, a really good melody for that chorus, then the rest of the song is going to be carried well by that by that chorus. Um, my favorite things to write are definitely the chorus and the bridge. And I find that even when I'm listening to music, I oftentimes, my favorite parts of songs are actually the bridges. And it like totally, <laughs> it totally is maybe not your normal kind of listener thing to, to have that mentality, but it totally is mine. It cracks my daughters up like, mom, you're so into this bridge and not the other part of the song. I'm like, yeah, I know it's what I do. Right. So, um, but anyways, yeah. So melody first, and then just going back in my songs, I'm sorry, in my Bible, and then looking at those lyric lyric ideas and then you know from there just getting out my phone and just playing it's literally just a lot of play at first playing with different variations of the melody um oftentimes just singing on like oohs and ahs or just random words just because you know you can tweak all that stuff later but you're trying to just get the singability of that main melodic line if that makes sense. And then I think the next step would be, um, at least for me, I don't play guitar. I play piano. So I'll sit down at the piano and I'll take that melody line and the lyrics that I've kind of got mainly down. I mean, I can tweak them further, but, and then come up with a chord progression to put behind that. And this is all stuff that can be changed. This is just laying the groundwork, laying the main um, outliers for the song, um, just the the main skeletal <laughs> structure, if you will, of the song. And then from then, from there on out, it's literally just tweaking and refining. And this can take, I mean, years even, um, depending on your life situation and whether or not you're, you know, having babies or pandemic or this and that, but songwriting, songwriting, there's no right or wrong way, I would say. I mean, I'm not, I'm not terribly well, I'm, I'm not, I can't say I've done it for like 30 years or so, but in my view of things, I think, you know, prayer is a big part also of songwriting, especially for worship music. Worship music, in my view of things, I want it to be something that creates a really good, healthy posture of the way that we in our congregation um, view the Lord and how we approach Him 
in our day-to-day lives and not just on Sunday morning, but something that when we're listening to or singing through the week that still gives that correct, um, healthy reverence and awe of our Creator and His you know, his omnipotence and his sovereignty and his goodness and his faithfulness and that those kind of themes, the overarching theme of the gospel, that 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 would be portrayed in every song that I write um, because that's super important. Um, you know, it's it's super important that the message of of the gospel is interlaced in all of the songs because ultimately that's that's the crux of the matter, you know, that's what, that's what everyone needs to hear, that's what everyone needs to be singing about, reminded about, and I, and I am talking about myself included, I think Christians, we, we often, you know, earlier on in our walks, of course, we hear the gospel, and it leads us to salvation, but maybe for the people who've been Christians longer, maybe the emphasis on the gospel doesn't get as much weight anymore, and I felt convicted of this very thing. I'm just super passionate about that underlining message of, um, you know, that God came and he came to rescue mankind from themselves, from their sin, through his blood, the blood of his son. And that is essentially my big why. I think before you even sit down to ever write songs, especially for worship, I guess we're, we're specifically talking about writing for worship. It's important to have that big, you know, why, why am I doing this kind of nailed down to have something to ground you because songwriting is, is not necessarily the most easiest thing to do in the world. I mean, there's a lot of, it's kind of scary, you know, especially if you're, you know, sharing your songs with other people, which I highly recommend. That's something that I would definitely say as my advice would be find someone that you trust, that you know that can bring out the best in you and in your song, but who is not afraid to point out some things that could be better, you know, and that also means you need to have a teachable spirit about you in order to improve, in order to learn more and grow more, um, but, you know, back to the why, you need to have that why because, you know, when things get hard with songwriting, when you go through dry seasons in your spiritual life where, you don't feel like picking up the pen, you don't feel um, that maybe sense of of intimacy with the Lord, that it's as strong as it's been in the past, or that you know that you want it to be. Um, if you have that underlying why, especially, you know, when it comes to feeling called to write for worship, that's a huge why. That's one of my big whys, too. I know I know for certain that the Lord has called me to to do that for whatever purposes and for His glory. I don't know why sometimes He would entrust that to me, but I do know that that's that's true. And so, um, going forward, have your why. Learn as much as you can. Trust certain people that you can allow in to hear your songs, who can help you to grow. Um, listen to a lot of songs and a lot of different um, other people, other people at your same level who are writing 
um, try to be in community with other writers. If you don't have a community, then start one. Try to find those in your area who have a common interest in writing for worship and maybe get together once a month or um, maybe once other, once every other month or something like that. Um, I would say if you are serving on your worship team at church, if your church doesn't have any kind of a co-writing thing going on, maybe that would be something to look into, um, to talk about with your, your worship pastor or whoever is in charge of the worship ministry at your church. Um, basically it's just coming with open hands to the Lord and saying, God, (laughs) use this vessel, use, use the words, the truth found in your word, and use the melodies and the creativity and the music that you would lay on my heart and in my mind to write, and, um, use it for your glory, use it for your kingdom, use it so that people would be able to come before you and worship you with all their heart and with all their soul and with all their mind so that they could worship you in spirit and in truth. That's what we ultimately want when we write a song of worship. We want it to facilitate that twofold spirit and in truth um, atmosphere of worship. And so, uh, let me think of some other things, some other practical things that I can give you. Um... Sometimes it's really helpful when you're going, if you don't play an instrument, let me address this. If you don't play an instrument, it's okay. And you don't need to necessarily. There's like tons of different options. Um, Something you can do is if you have any kind of rhythmic ability, um, and I've done this even before, if I don't have, you know, my piano nearby or keyboard or whatnot, Simply just sing into your phone or whatever you're using to record so you don't forget what you're going to, you know, come back to later. Um, but also use your, just use your hands, find a hard surface and just drum. Do, do some kind of a beat, some kind of a rhythmic element that's going to help get you in the vibe that you're going for. Um, that's super helpful. And then maybe find somebody that you trust that can play, that can help add that musical element to whatever you're writing. Okay, so to recap, you want to know, what do I do? How do I write a song? What's the first step? First step is to not think about it so much because a lot of times songwriting, you you don't want to make it purely scientific, purely like step one, step two, step three. You want to have some kind of organic... Um, some organic feel going into what you're about to create, right? So walks are really helpful. Praying is really helpful. Reading your your Bible, super, super helpful because the Bible I find to be the most inspiring um, thing to get me and my creative juices flowing, especially when it comes to writing worship music. Um, maybe draw, maybe journal. Journaling is a great way to kind of get your thoughts out onto paper and just to get more in tune with 
things you're seeing in the world, um, how you're internalizing the, the world around you. Um, so journaling is really great. Start there, do the right prep work, and then I think you'll be surprised. You're going to start getting some ideas. Sometimes you might get a song title idea, and you'll just write that down in your notebook or in your voice memos. I have an idea for this. This is the song title. Other times you may have, you may actually see something in your day-to-day that's like, whoa, that shouldn't have happened, or what was that? I want to maybe revisit that. That might be a good song or maybe a bad song, but maybe I need to write that song. (laughs) Basically be open, be open. Um, ask the Lord to show you and direct you and lead you into what you need to be writing next. And he definitely, definitely will. After you do the prep work, get some ideas, um, start playing around with some melodies and, um, take some time, write out some lyrics slowly but surely pair those lyrics with your melody Um, eventually you're gonna back that up with some chord accompaniment and um, you're gonna be on your way and (laughs) before you know it you're gonna have the basic skeletal structure of a song and it's a beautiful thing to see a song come to life to journey along with the song see how it kind of evolves and Um, it's such a wonderful, wonderful art and I'm so grateful that the Lord has allowed me to get to partake of it and to, um, share what little I know with you. Thank you so much for listening. If this podcast means anything to you, I would just ask that you would please, um, take a moment and give it five stars on Apple podcasts. And if you have anything to say, you know, whether good or bad, please feel free um, to write a critique of it um, on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are super helpful for um, the podcast to hopefully get further renown and and people just like you who want to listen to it. So until next time, this is Katie and you're listening to the Katie Weirich Podcast. You're listening tides anymore no running right back to the shore and now as it stands I'm not scared I think it's too wordy so I was gonna cut out I'm not scared of tides anymore no turning right back to the shore it just seems wordy I like how I had it before yeah I'm still not sure but why why are we talking about tides in the shore if it's the river because there are river tides and there is a river shore I already asked Alexa isn't it a river bank I don't want it bait because I don't want it to rhyme with anymore. Oh. Yeah. I'm good there. We can always tweak this later because if I end up cutting it, I thought, it was, I thought it was a current. I don't not, want not a tide. I don't want to use current. That's fine. I just, like, I have just never in, like, common talk ever discussed a river in the context of tides or shores. It's always been, like, the river shore. No, it's the riverbank.
Yeah, but I don't want to use bay. I know you don't want to use that word, but I'm saying, like, if you're just talking about, like, but the edge I mean, of the river, you never see the shore. Okay, well, um, the river is also metaphoric for life and joy, and, like, it has a lot of scripture. Yeah, like, I get it. I know that it is. I, I am 100% okay, agreeing well, with you, but the tides and the shore thing is not so the how, same metaphor. So how would you rewrite the verse I'm saying? I'm not scared of currents anymore. It doesn't sound as... No, no, I'm not saying... Like, I really like tides. I know, tides in your song too. I know you really like tides, but it just doesn't have anything to do with a river. Like, at least not what people are going to, like, like, you don't want people to have strings. to, like, look up online. Like, can there actually be tides? Well, here's my, re- here's my word bank. I have streams, water, tide, shore, sand, spring, living waters, flow, rush, rapids, rapids. But I don't want to have to actually say those words. I know, I'm just trying to think of like other terms that are actually associated with rivers. I'm running right back to the shore. I'm, and then I, and then I said, I'm walking straight into the waves. Cause you're going to be waves. Like I'm thinking of almost like a rapid, like a, I've, I've been away water rafting before. Right. Yeah. But those waves. aren't waves though. Those are like. Rapids. Yeah. But there's waves. Honey, yeah. a wave is simply just something that goes like as undulating. Think of Truman. You know what I was thinking about this? Yeah, it's it's a metaphor for someone who's a, who can't feel it's like they can't swim. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, so I, it doesn't really quite... I know, but, but, I'm top, tra- but what I'm saying is that it just doesn't sound consistent because if the whole song is about a river, then it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to be singing about tides, waves, the shores, because now it's like, well, are we talking about a river? Are we talking about the ocean? About a lake, like those are like lakes and, and oceans are where you get mm. tides and shores and waves and stuff. The river tides. Huh? The river tides. I've never heard anyone ever the say Sihachi that. The River is a river. It has tides yeah, and it has a shore. It no, it, it has a bank. It's a river bank. No, there's a, there's, it's a I mean, shore. It, the shoreline. Yeah, but that's like the Gulf. That's okay, like, well, I don't want to change that. I'm sorry. Unless we are talking... If we're I'm just working. saying it's confusing, okay? okay like, I think well, most people, if I were to hear that song, I'd be like, why is she talking about shores, tides, and waves, and then all of a sudden we're talking about a river? Like, it just doesn't, like, that's not what you typically will say about a river. You'll talk about the riverbank. It's not a typical river. That's the point. No, but, honey, you're using a word picture, so you need to be consistent with your word picture, is what I'm trying to say. Like... We're not describing some mythical river that has tides, shores, and waves. Like, that's yeah, not we the are. point. No, it's we're like, not. That's not the point. We're describing whatever it is, God's love. Ri- what, it's no, a what special is the, river. It's the river of living waters. Right, the river it's of living waters. That's what we're describing. We're not describing a river that has the properties of the ocean, right? I didn't say the ocean. But I know, but that's what. But that's, that's right, the language you're using. Can we, can we just agree to not address that at this time so we can right. keep moving on? All right, but I don't okay. know how to help you with that first, ver- right. that first verse, though. All right, Because well, the, the context doesn't make sense. I'm not running back to the shore versus no turning right back to the shore. Do you like the concept of like turning back or you're already like moving towards the ties and then you're running back? That's what I was trying to say. At first it was no running right back to the shore. But then I was like, what about like no keeping close to the shore or um Okay, even in that like little house in the fairy series, it's the bank on the banks of Plum River and on the shores of Silver Lake. <laughs> I'm sorry, like shores they're not for rivers. Shores. Yes, yeah, Silver Lake. That's what I'm saying. Here, hold on. Let me just see. Let me just research this. Okay. 
Babe, we're, we're wasting time by um, arguing. We're not wasting time, Katie. If the lyric doesn't make any sense, it doesn't make any sense to stick with it. Yes, because the song has to be the river. It has to. Can we use shore? I saw the usage of the sh of shore with the river in a modern American book. However, my dictionary says that we should use bank with river. Oh, isn't that something? Is there any difference between using shore and bank, or maybe it's Americanism? I don't want this. I want an actual, like, river shore. Yeah. You don't like that definition, no, so, like, I'll search for one until... Yeah, the river shore. Hey. Uh, okay, well, how would we... Well, okay. I'm not scared of what? Bubbles? Brooks? Who's scared of a brook? So you're saying it's not going to be the river? The name of the song isn't going to be the river? No, you can stick with the river. I'm just saying the imagery that you're what invoking about here is consistent. here instead of... No, no. The, the, everything is fine right here. This is all fine. This is the part you're right. invoking the wrong imagery is what I'm going to say. Can you help me? Your metaphor is the river, so you should use words that call back to the river, right. not to like river the ocean. Okay, river shore. River sh shore slash river. See, Columbus sent an officer on shore to request permission to shelter his squadron in the river. The riverbed? On the shore of Lake... Okay, I hear you. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I... The river shore. His horse fell wounded near the river shore. Honey, it's so me. It's like Anne of Green Gables. I have to still be me I, in I my feel writing. Like, I feel like if you were to say that, like, the shore... <gasps> I feel like if you were to say the shores the of the shores river... The shores of the River Jordan. Isn't that in the Bible? I think it's the bank of the River Jordan. No. But, but no. if you were to say the shores of the river, it would be a very specific section where it's like a beach, basically. That's the only thing I can think of. Okay, that let's, would look be... the, let's, look, see, let's look and see what the River Jordan looks like. That's some. That's one of my um, imagery things. Huh? It doesn't really have a shore, does it? No, it has a bank. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Well, how? how Are you still we... recording this? Oh yeah. <laughs>